kneeling by my bed, folded hands and tilted head. I thank the Lord for my water and my bread. Thankful to be a part of God's flock of chosen sheep, waking from my slumber while the world is still asleep. Freedom loving. Good evening, family. How's everybody doing tonight? And I tell you, it's a little bit chilly here in Kentucky. I think all of us are feeling the cold right now. We got a lot of snow. I think we got about a 
maybe a little bit under a half a foot. Still snowing a little bit here. We're going to have a couple of days break, but it's going to be so cold it's not going anywhere. And then it comes back on Thursday and Friday. They've already canceled school here for tomorrow, so uh, probably for the rest of the week. But I hope you all had an absolutely beautiful weekend. I hope you're all staying warm. We got a nice little fire going and staying as warm as possible. Guys, it's Kilted Christian, episode 522. This one's called Destruction of the Wicked. We'll be going over that after we go over a little bit of news. So let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, rise of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. All right. Once again, for those of you that I did not get a chance to say hello to, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this evening, and I hope you guys are nice and staying warm, full of bellies. Guys, I found out some interesting. My neighbors sent me this. I, I love this. The Kentucky neighbors here are the best. Uh, everyone watches out for one another, and uh, my neighbors sent me something earlier. For those of you that have chickens in cold areas, this is actually a really great idea, and I didn't think about it. Get yourself an inexpensive crock pot from eBay or Amazon, something that's like 15 to 20 bucks, and Put those outside, put it on a low heat, put that water inside of it, and your chickens have water that does not freeze. That's such a great idea. I didn't even think about that. So I will be going out and get myself a crock pot tomorrow because the water is freezing. As soon as you get it in, the water freezes back here. So I think many of you are having the same things all over the place. Uh, it's amazing what they're doing around this country right now. You can't convince me this isn't weather manipulation. But we got some news to go over. I'm going to discuss tonight. I've been kind of reading um, – different little things uh, in scripture just about the destruction of the wicked. And I, I came, um, I always venture out, go into articles, looking at what other people say. And I found some really great stuff about the destruction of the wicked, which we'll be going over here because we're going to be seeing that uh, most definitely um, coming up here at some point in our lifetime. But who knows? It could be this year. It's as chaotic as it's been. But we got a little bit of news to go over first before we even get into that. So first off, guys, I'm going to play this little clip for you real quick. Some of the videos that I have tonight do have some some minor language in here, so I apologize for that. But everyone's getting a little bit fed up. They're trying to get their country saved and get our freedoms back and all this neat stuff. Trying to get everything going back by the Constitution so people are a little bit fed up. And uh, Well, foul language is one of those things that comes out. I've got no problem with it. I try to keep it as clean as possible for this show, though. But I'm going to play this clip for you real quick. Listen to this. It's almost like I can see the future. Or I'm just not a complete dumbass and, and see exactly what the plan is as they walk us through it. LAPD's first non-citizen police officer set to graduate from the academy. Not only did I predict that they would be handing them guns and badges to come after you, the American citizens, the taxpayers that pay these people salaries, they're going to start handing guns and badges to these people. They're going to start recruiting them into the military to come after you. They're going to start handing them the right to vote to change elections in this country, and you're going to pay for it. LAPD moves to accommodate new DACA officers who can't personally own guns. LA's first non-citizen officers are set to graduate from the police academy with unique legal restrictions on their ability to possess firearms. Keep in mind, they're constantly coming after your Second Amendment rights, but now they're handing out border jumpers weapons and badges to come after you and guess what you pay for it they're charging you money via taxes taxes to pay these illegals to carry guns and come after you to take 
your guns away. So you heard what he said. He said there was some minor stipulations um, that dealt with uh, anyone who is an immigrant who is becoming a police officer. But here's the kicker is that they're trying to change those um, those restrictions that are given inside this. They're trying to change those legally um, overall. I've already seen a couple of states that are working on, on and the ATF where they're changing their rules and their laws that are giving the immigrants uh, a chance to own weapons. So they're constantly coming after us for our Second Amendment rights. But it's okay for the people that are walking into this country that have never been part of this country to own those same things, even at the point now where they're becoming police officers. A lot of people don't want to be police officers anymore because, I mean, who would want to be a police officer anymore? They're taking your money away. They're doing everything they possibly can to um, give the criminals the upper hand. And, uh, and then the people that do the right job, the real cops that are out there getting all kinds of trouble. And I'm not saying that all cops are good. There's some dirty ones out there. But overall, who'd want to join the military? Who'd want to join any kind of law enforcement at this point? So what are they doing is they're having to fill these quotas. So they're now putting immigrants in both of those spots, not only um, in our military, but also in our law enforcement. While trying to change our um, federal laws to where the immigrants can actually have possession of firearms while they come after us for ours. Unbelievable, but this is where we are today. Um, so next is uh, just in poll workers for tonight's Iowa caucuses are reportedly being asked which candidate they are supporting, with Trump election workers being quietly asked to go home or to remove their gear um, by Iowa Secretary of State uh, Paul Pate's office. This is election interference. Now, um, this goes both ways. Now, the fact that you're, you, you have no right to ask anybody who they're voting for, zero. That's nobody's business. There's a reason that you get behind the curtain when you sign or when you're filling out your ballots. So there's no right for anyone to ask you, um, much less tell you to go home. And in this case, the one thing that I disagree with is the, the people that were there supporting Trump should not have been wearing Trump gear to begin with because I've never been to anywhere where I've been able to vote where you were allowed to wear any kind of shirt, hat, or anything of the person that you're going in to vote for. So that's one thing that I disagree with. But nonetheless, like they have no right asking or sending people home, but this is how they cheat. Um, Bill Mitchell came out earlier. It was telling everybody um, in the Iowa or that was over there that was going to be voting in this caucus that, listen, you know, Trump is way, way, way ahead. So if you're over 70 years old, there's no point of you going out and voting. You might as well just stay home and uh, keep healthy. So how is that not election interference? That's literally a guy got arrested for making memes. If you guys remember that, he's spending like a long time and like years in prison for making memes who did something that was less harmful to the election than what Bill Mitchell just did. And then we're also talking about like Iowa. Come on. This isn't Iowa's first snow rodeo. These people deal with this every single year. There's like a handful of states that can deal with just about anything like Siberia, kind of Russia, Canada weather. Um, this isn't going to keep people out from voting. Like I said, it's not like these people don't deal with these blizzards all the time, but you also can't convince me that this isn't weather manipulation because it's just odd. If you guys watched the map of how this all formed, it just popped up and over. Um, and like I said, I mean, Florida. Uh, I know Texas. I was talking to, well, I'm not going to say your name, but um, one of our viewers here down in Texas sent me some pictures of some snow today. So they had snow down in Texas. Talked to the Conley. Conley said that they got a little bit of snow and a whole lot of ice. And then uh, for Little Red, uh, you guys are going to be getting some snow here. It looks like Tuesday, tomorrow. So, uh 
there's they're going to be getting uh, snow down all the way down in the southeast. I don't know if it's going to be over as far as Jacksonville or not, but I do know that from what I saw today, it was going to be just west of Amelia Island. So it could very well move over into that area, and you guys are going to end up getting a little bit of snow. Um, I, do sprinklers, I'd imagine you're over in the area. I'd imagine you guys get a lot of snow. I know uh, Jay Wu got a whole lot of snow. Um, I know everybody over there that I've talked to, at least uh, that are west of me, has had a lot. I know Bob said that uh, they got a good bit of snow um, south of us, and he warned me that it was going to be coming up here. And sure enough, we um, were supposed to get a little bit of snow until about 7 this morning, and then it didn't snow until about 10 this morning, and then it kept pushing back. And now we're going to be getting snow probably until about 11 o'clock, so about another 20 minutes we're going to be getting snow here still. But uh, um, the problem is that it's going to be so uh, cold here over the next couple of days. Tomorrow possibility at nighttime of it being negative four so i will keep you guys updated we we had a couple of blinks um not with electricity fortunately but we've had a couple of blinks with our internet so uh i'd imagine since it's going to be a whole lot colder tomorrow we may have a problem but i'll certainly let you guys know uh in kilted christian and telegram if uh, our internet is blinking on and off all day long we'll, we'll just see how that goes but right now it's not so bad and it's beautiful outside i love looking at the little doggy prints out there in the snow because uh as you guys know, I've got two Border Collies, and Border Collies love this weather. It is so fun watching those two play out, but it's not very fun trying to get the puppy back inside when it doesn't want to come inside because it's loving the snow. So uh, we got next is uh, um, Major Nikki, and uh, this is crazy right here. I'm going to um, play this little clip for you real quick. This guy right here was on, uh, what, not Brett Bear, Neil Cavuto earlier, and he slipped up and said something that he shouldn't have said. Listen to this. Andy Saban joins us right now, a big donor for Nikki Haley. Andy, very good to have you. Uh, the numbers certainly indicate that it's not hurt her fundraising. I believe in the latest quarter, uh, she raised $24 million, which is double what she raised in the quarter before, which was double what she had raised in the quarter before that. So the money train is still flowing and going. Um, are you worried, though? Thank you, Neil, for having me, and Happy New Year. I you didn't understand. Well. Uh, we actually have a large um, fundraiser on the 30th of January at a major apartment in uh, New York City where we're raising a tremendous amount of money. Believe it or not, a number of it coming from uh, Democrats. Well, what was that? Let me see what you have when to you say. say New York City where we're raising a tremendous amount of money. Believe it or not, a number of it coming from uh, Democrats. Oh. Interesting. So Nikki Haley, the majority of her money that she is getting right now is coming from Democrats. So uh, Vivek Ramswamy may have been onto something here, but uh didn't really matter because uh, Trump pretty much tore them all. Did he, Trump just kicked the crap out of all of these people tonight. He won by like 70 percent or something. And then um, it was well behind that. But yeah, exactly. Great Papa. The Democrats are the one who are, are giving uh, Nikki Haley the majority of her money. And once again, we got to remember it's when she was born in this country, her parents were not citizens of this country. So technically she has no right being up there on that stage whatsoever, not to mention um, what she got, how she got beat tonight. So this is what, this is what um, exactly what Bill Mitchell said earlier. I just found that thing. It says, if you're 75 year old Trump supporter, it's, 30 below outside and Trump's ahead by 30 in the polls. Do you do not risk your life um, caucusing? I wouldn't. So literally Bill Mitchell, man, I don't know what happened to him. He was such a big Trump supporter, but I have a feeling that a lot of these guys that were big Trump supporters at one time were just paid oppositions. 
in order to lead you off that trail to pod piper you away and that's pretty much what it's looking like right now so like i said iowans are used to this kind of weather this is nothing to them this is this this is like just a little winter storm um more sad news here a texas girl 11 years old was found raped and murdered under her bed um and was killed by a migrant, 18, who crossed into El Paso in January and was promptly freed by authorities. So more and more, how much of this do we have? Did, how, I know all of you guys get as angry about these things as I do. Um, this wouldn't be happening if we didn't have an open border. But they're doing everything they can to keep that border open. Everyone that tries to do anything like Texas, now the government is going to be suing Texas. Um, they're the ones that are saying the border's not open, yet they're suing Texas to stop people from entering the border. Un I, I don't know how this works. These guys are complete idiots. And like I said, I don't know who the bigger idiots are, the ones that are lying or the ones that are still falling for the lies. It should be quite obvious at this point that, that this is not just random people looking for a new home. Um, so now we have, instead of addressing the corruption allegations for paying $650,000 to a lover, this is Fannie Willis. Um, she gets up and, and listen to this little speech that she gives. It's not a very long one, but listen to this. And I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend, and a great boy. Oh, Lord, they're going to be mad when I call them out on this nonsense. First thing they say, oh, she's going to play the race card now. And she but does. But no, God, isn't it them who's playing the race card when they only question one? Isn't it them playing the race card when they constantly think, I need someone from some other jurisdiction in some other state to tell me how to do a job I've been doing almost 30 years. Dude, this lady right here is nuts. So she gets up there. Um, this is her. Okay, so she gave money to a guy that she was dating who ended up being a prosecutor or an investigator um, into what Trump's going through. The taxpayers are the ones that paid for this money, $650,000 to her lover. And when she goes up there, instead of giving apology, it's the same basic excuse that we hear, um, even heard from Claudine Gay. Um, and it, just like Gay, she, this woman needs to resign. She needs to hit the bushes. So they automatically, so instead of getting up there and, and doing an apology, like, guys, I made a huge mistake. I know this was illegal. I shouldn't have done it. I should have thought twice or anything like that. She literally gets up there and she pulls the race card. She goes, well, don't, doesn't a black woman deserve another chance? You know, um, we, we're all sinners, you know, so she could have said, you know, doesn't a man or a woman deserve another chance? Now, she had to pull that race, race card, and she knows that she's in trouble, but then again, who's going to go after? We got this two-tier justice system, but like I said, she gets up there and instantly pulls the race card, and then even in that racy card-pulling speech, she blames everyone else for pulling the race card, which is exactly what she did right there in the speech. These people are insufferable. Um play this little clip for you real quick i know there's like at least one one dirty word in here um but you hear this man right here get prepared it doesn't matter what culture you're from what your skin color is people are waking up and they're waking up quick and they understand the severity of what we're heading into this year i'm gonna say something to y'all for a minute because i got a quick second before i grab my rifle and i go in the house our government trying to take us out we ride it it's time to come together it's time for y'all to get out here and get y'all shit. Get your gas. Get everything you need to get. 
get all your safety precautions because these people trying to, they planning a war against us. And if you think I'm going to allow these people to come from different countries to take over, you got something wrong. So at the end of the day, I got a quick message. It's time for us to come together. Start banning your arms. Start getting everything you can and be prepared. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get rough, but we got to do what we got to do. We can't let these tyrannical motherfuckers take us out. So it's time to get prepared, America. No more games, no more playing, no more lying. It's time to get prepared. Man. That's right. Black, white, doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter where you're from. We are all Americans. We are all children of God. And uh, we need to come together. And this guy's right. See, more and more people that are coming to this conclusion. Like he said, guys, get your gats ready. Get everything ready that you need to. Get food, get water, get everything you need to because our government hates us and our government is trying to get us into war. So what war is that going to be? That's the big question. Is this going to be World War III? Because it certainly looks like they're pushing us into World War III if you're watching any news right now with what's going on in Iraq, what's going on in Yemen, what's going on in the Red Sea. Um, there's a lot of back and forth, and I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised that I'm not hearing more about it on the mainstream media. They don't want us to hear about it. Um, you have to go through and do your digging, but, I mean, there's a lot of back and forth missile firing. Other countries are, are starting to rate, um, rattle the sabers. Um, so are we going to be getting into World War III? Are they going to release all of these uh, immigrants on us at some point? Are they going to push us into a civil war? It's going to be one of those. Um, Douglas and I, Douglas will be on here on Friday night. And uh, Douglas and I had a conversation um, just specifically about this and what we were going to be heading into and how we need to be prepared for what we're going and how we're not supposed to be falling for the tactics of, of what they're trying to do right now. Because like I said, they will be doing everything they can to push us into a war with one another. We can't have that. Um, you know, we does discuss the differences. Uh, this country doesn't need a civil war. That's brother against brother, sister against sister. What we need is a revolution. We need a uh, we need not necessarily a war. I mean, a revolution can be done with information. We just got to figure out how to do this. But nonetheless, is this is the citizens, the common folk against the royalty or our government, which isn't really royal. They're all pieces of junk anyways. But this is who the war should be between between the elites of this world and your common citizens. This is what we need to do. We need to come together. Um, exactly. Get rid of the infiltrators in this country, one note, 100%. And this is where it all starts. And I'm starting to see more and more people, at least down in Texas, doing something. But like I said, what happens when the right people stand up and do the right thing, which we have the constitutional right to do, they start coming after us. And they start trying to sue people to get them to stop arresting people, trying to make examples out of us, just like they did with January 6th. So next up. Uh, CNN takes Iowa poll. See, here's the question. Do you believe that Biden legitimately won 2020? Well, here was this question was literally asked on CNN today during the uh, caucus. And, it, and the question was, do you think Biden legitimately won 2020? The answer, 28% yes, 68% no. So more and more people um, are starting to come to the same conclusion that this was. Because we've got to remember, as there was a lot of people on our side, there was a lot of conservatives. Um, that also didn't believe that this was a rigged election. It's hard to believe that your government, your own country, the people that are supposed to be watching out for you are the ones that are harming you. And that was the problem that it took so many people to believe. It wasn't like the facts weren't right in front of them. It wasn't like they knew that Biden wasn't popular enough to win. In their head, they just said, why in the world would our government do this against us? Why would they have a color revolution and a coup? Um, but once you can accept that our government's part of the problem, it's easier to accept everything else, which is why we are now at a voting poll 
of 68% of, of the people that were asked saying, no, we do not believe that Biden legitimately won this election. That being said, we need to do something about it because we've got an election coming up here um, in 11 months. And uh, if we're still in the same boat where we are right now, but if anything, the Iowa caucus showed us something today is the majority of the caucuses that took place were hand ballots one day. Everything was already counted up and Trump beat them bad. Like I said, we don't need Dominion machines. We don't need these machines that can hook up to the Internet and other people from other countries can get into it. We need to go back old school. I mean, we'll go down, we'll go back to the quill and ink if we have to, but nonetheless, we need to get this under control and we need to do it to where um, we're at least removing some of their ability and their power to cheat. So next, uh, um, voters are coming forward to reveal a massive voter fraud operation underway in the Iowa caucuses, where in um, the DNC, Haley and DeSantis campaigns have attempted to bribe and solicit them to caucus for DeSantis or Haley for up to $100 an hour per voter tonight. Um, that sounds kind of illegal to me. So it says they literally said that the Democrats were switching to vote for um, Haley for the caucus on TV this morning. Um, Haley is a cheater. And I did see that where Nikki, they, they're literally people that are switching over to conservative to vote in this caucus just to go back and uh, re-register to be a Democrat um, for their caucuses and for uh, the, the next of uh, the general election. Um, yeah, but there's no, but we, we got a great system here, guys. There's nothing to worry about. We've got the, the safest system in the entire world. So, and this is great news too. Oh boy. I feel terrible for all those people that thought that buying an electric vehicle was a great idea. So Tesla supercharging stations um, are packed out in Oak Brook. There's all, there's like at least four States that I've seen where people are having to desert their electric vehicles because well, for a number of reasons. First off, the uh, the door handles on a lot of these Teslas um, are they they go in, so it's kind of flat against the door. So when the ice comes over from the car, you can't even get into your doorknob in order to open your car. B, um, when you're dealing with weather this cold, your battery has to operate a lot harder and a lot more in order to stay warm. So let's say you're getting 200 miles off of a full charge, you're probably going to get like a hundred during this uh, winter time that is on top of the extra two hours that it takes to actually charge your vehicle. And on top of that, the machines that charge your cars all over the place aren't working. So there are cars, there are electric vehicles that are just been abandoned all over the place in Chicago. Um, some of our Northwestern States, some of our mid, um, some of our mid central States, like I said, they're learning that this is a terrible idea, which is why you're now watching a lot of these big uh, car dealerships back away from actually making these electric vehicles because, well, what's the point? I want a car that works. And I certainly, and just like I said before, back when I was driving from Austin to Dallas to um, go to hockey, to work for the hockey games, I would have had to drive there and then spend the night in order to get back home. And, and I'm talking like it's a three and a half hour drive from where I live. Um, what's the point of having a vehicle that you can't get to and from? I like taking vacations, but I want to get to my destination. I don't want it to take like six days because I have a car that I need to pull over every three hours and charge for an extra two hours. Unbelievable. I will never get rid of my combustion engine vehicle. So Donald Trump wins the Iowa caucus. I told you guys that. Um, and, and the voting was, was pretty good. Like I said, these are the tallies that we got so far. So Donald Trump, um, 
70.2% of the votes, followed by Ron DeSantis at 15%. So DeSantis didn't even come close. Um, Nikki Haley at 8.2, Ramswamy at 5.8. And then uh, I guess Chris Christie was still on the list, even though he dropped out. Asa Hutchinson, zero. Um, I don't even know who Ryan Binkley is, but he got 0.4. Um, he got more than Chris Christie did. Not sure who he is. But uh, like I said, Trump came out the big winner tonight in this caucus. And this is kind of just this right here is where we're heading. Um, this right here is a good example as to what we're going to be looking at coming up. So Trump's going to end up doing pretty good everywhere. Um, the question is, is when is uh, DeSantis and Haley going to end up dropping out, which will happen at some point. And I've got to agree, as much as I don't like Amran Swami, I agree with them. Chances are they'll end up pulling them into the Democrat ticket. If the Democrats are already out there right now trying to raise money for Nikki Haley, I'd imagine you're probably going to see a Nikki Haley um, DeSantis ticket. DeSantis will be the VP. We'll see how that goes. Um, next, if the GOP had even one ball, they would be funding a grassroots protest, civil rights advocates demanding that Joy Reid be fired for racism. So... Listen to this right here. We know that they're going to come. They're going to persecute Christians. God warned us about this. Christ told us this was going to this was going to be in our day. So Joy Reid is triggered that Iowa is full of white Christians. Listen to her. But, you know, I feel like the important sort of data point and, you know, Steve talks about it a lot. He's, he's going to probably talk about it a little more tonight is that these, these are white Christians that this is a state that is overrepresented over by white Christians that are going to participate Particularly in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I, today, earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones, um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa. And this is a hyper-evangelical st white state. And he said the following to me, Iowa is about 61% white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41% white Christian. And in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses. And he said the following, they see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country. And Trump has promised to give it yeah. back to them. All the things that we think about, about electability, about, you know, what are people gaming out or mm -hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country that it is yours, and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a is a fraudulent American, is a less, a less a less real American. Then you don't care about electability. You care. Yeah. So I had so many problems. With what she just said. I mean, right off the bat, like Christians, why go after Christians? What is the point of this? Why? Why all these other religions in the world? For some reason, the Christians are the big problem. But it didn't stop there. No, no, no. It was white Christians. And I want to know what what's the difference between a black Christian and a white Christian. I don't think there is any different whatsoever, but they always got to pull that card. So it wasn't just Christians in general that she was going. It was specifically white Christians. But you notice she won't bring up the uh, black Christians, black, uh, the black population in general, people of color in general are coming around the Trump quicker than anybody. They're associating with the realizing exactly what's happening. They know exactly what's going on down right now in this world. So they are moving over in support of Trump, but she won't mention that because they can't let that one out of the bag because as long as as long as the rest of the people don't realize how many people are coming over to Trump, hopefully they won't get the idea and do it themselves. Yeah, exactly, DJ Shaw. She's not a Christian. You can tell who the non-Christians are because Christians, I, I will never rag on a Christian, 
ever. As a Christian, I will only glorify and be like, hey, I'm so thankful for the Christians. Anyone that sits here and brings this up and rags on it like it's a bad thing and they're the ones that are making the wrong decisions that are ruining this country, you can tell right then and there. At the very least, she's not a Christian. My question is, what is she? I bet you she's probably a Satanist, wouldn't doubt it. Um, so should we wait until three o'clock in the morning to see if DeSantis won the actual caucus? I thought that was hilarious. Um, I'm surprised they didn't call it for him earlier. It wasn't Brett Bear wasn't live saying, hey, guess who won the caucus? It was DeSantis. But somebody brings up a good point. I guess we should probably wait for the morning. Even though they called Trump for the winner, we ought to wait until the morning to see what really happens. All right, so then there was this one right here for you football fans out there. Um, this has made me this has made me sick because one thing that I am seeing and, and uh, MSM Liars sent me something the other day. There's more and more football players that are coming out and giving all of the glory to our heavenly Father, and I love that because they got a camera, especially this time of the year when we're in postseason. They've got the the country and the world's eyes are on these players. So when you get a quarterback or somebody from a team who literally comes up and says, uh, hey, guess what? Um, I give my credit to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is awesome because so many people are watching that. But this is what the NFL does. Listen to this clip. Wow. Did you see what NBC and Houston Texans did to C.J. Stroud? For those of you that don't know, C.J. Stroud is the Houston Texans' young quarterback who just won his first playoff game. Whenever C.J. does an interview, he always gives praise to Jesus Christ. After the playoff win, it was no different. This is the actual video of him giving praise to God. But then I'm going to show you what NBC and his own team did to him in their post to social media. CJ, your first playoff game in your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? First and foremost, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but the love that I've got, I've really just been doing it for Houston, man. People back home, I'm blessed enough being in the position I am and blessed enough to be playing at a high level right now. And uh, we got to just keep it going, but I'm super blessed. As you can see, as always, he praises God only took a few seconds, but NBC decided to post an interview without showing the part where he praised God and that he's just thanking his teammates. I expect that from mainstream media because they're a bunch of God haters for the most part, but then his own team, who was not collabed on the video, they actually took the video, grabbed it, and then reposted it to their page thinking that it was okay. Your first playoff game in your first NFL season and a record-setting performance for you. What does this moment mean? I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been, but the love that I've got, I've really just been doing it for Houston, man. People back home, I'm blessed enough being in the position I am and blessed enough to be playing at a high level right now. And uh, we got to just keep it going, but I'm super blessed. CJ, your first playoff game. Well, the comment section really brought a lot of praise to my being because we are standing for what is righteous in this hour. Amen. Forget about it. Everybody was saying, how could you do that? You cut his clip. How are you going to try to take God out of it? It's crazy. You coming at the man's religion. You could tell that there's non-believers in the comments still saying things. This is an encouraging thing. that The people are rising up and saying it's not okay to take God out of anything. 
And shout out to CJ Stroud because I think that you should come out and say something about what they did to that interview or a courageous reporter should take this and say, hey, CJ, did you see that they cut that part out where you were talking about God? Your own team, NBC, I understand, but your own team did that to you. It's not okay. And that social media manager from the Texans should be fired. Amen. And whoever's running NBC social media should be fired too. Praise to the main Man, Jesus Christ, our God, Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. And that was awesome. Like I said, I mean, how crazy was that? So I think it's absolutely amazing in today's world um, because you know how it is. You know how it is to even, you know, in, in a normal job, you know, when someone finds out you're a Christian in a world right now where Christians are being persecuted, then this guy gets up there, um, probably 30,000, 40,000 fans in the stadium. Um, millions and millions of people around the country and the world watching this, and he gets up there and he gives glory to our man Christ in heaven for all that he has the ability to do on that field. Awesome. Took him some guts to do, but how horrible is it? They literally went, and I'm an editor. I know what it goes into this. They literally had to go in and, and somebody was asked to go find this clip to remove it from here to here, and that's exactly what they did. They went from the question, they skipped this part about God and went straight to what happened directly after he talked about God. And then um, if it wasn't bad enough, because we expect that from ABC, NBC, Fox, we, that doesn't surprise us. But the fact that uh, the Texas um, or the Houston Texans went even further, took the edited clip and they posted that to their website or up onto uh, Telegram and to uh, Twitter says a whole lot about that team as well. And I got to give it, like he said, to all the people in the comments. The comments were filled with people that were calling Texas out saying, no, nah, you don't ever remove God. And they were literally atheists. There were people in there that weren't Christians that were saying the same thing. They were like, look, the man gave praise to God. You don't go out of your way and edit that. So there was literally non-believers that were in these comments as well saying the same exact thing that the Christians were saying how ridiculous and how um, blasphemous that was that they actually removed that, especially when he had the guts to get up there in a world where everyone's afraid to even talk about Christ, especially publicly like that. So good for him. Good for all the uh, athletes that, that speak of God and don't back down and realize that nothing that we do on this earth is our ability, that God gives us that grace. He gives us the skill. He gives us the ability. Without him, we wouldn't be able to run a football. So good for him. So I'm going to play this clip real quick and listen to this one. Houston, we got a problem. If you think the situation at the border is bad, uh, let's just let this clip run and we'll talk about it at the very end. You're going to be mind blown. So my husband owns a gun shop and he just called me to tell me that the ATF has made updates to their background check policy and effective today they give an exemption to illegal immigrants to be able to purchase firearms. Now this strangely coincides with uh, California, New York, and Chicago making it legal for illegals to be police officers. Tell me our government isn't about to pull some shenanigans without telling me our government's about to pull some shenanigans. I'm absolutely speechless. I don't know what to say. I want to know what you think after watching that video. What's your thoughts? I think I'm horrified. Tell me in the comments below. I am at a loss for words right now. Yeah, I think that puts everybody at loss because it falls right into what we, what we started the show out with. And that was uh, 
immigrants becoming police officers. And then I told you they that even though they had regulations and, and stipulations um, that they couldn't, you know, have the same rights that we have with firearms, like I said, then the OTF is going through and changing those things. So they're actually making the loophole that the um, police officer or new immigrant police officers are not going to get. So this is just insane and horrifying because like i said they're doing everything they can to keep guns out of our hand matter of fact they're shutting shops down um they're making it more and more difficult they're trying to have all kinds of uh, background checks and we don't have any big backgrounds like i said as i've never been into a place and spent less than a couple of hours filling out information and then waiting of course i'm always the unlucky when it has to wait for the machines because machines go down but nonetheless like come on we should have the, we we have the right as Americans to have um, Second Amendment right in their own fire uh, any kind of firearms and then this is what they're doing they're just going to hand them over and make it really easy for the immigrants to get um, so like she said tell me that our government's not about to get up to some shenanigans without telling me our government's not about to get up to shenanigans um, here we go we got Rachel Maldow Rachel Madcow melts down as usual so listen to this. I think the, 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 again, the big picture takeaway from that, and I don't mean to be, again, too dark, as you said, on this, but it is not, if we are worried about the rise of authoritarianism in this country, we are worried about potential rise of fascism in this country. If we're worried about our democracy falling to an authoritarian and potentially fascist form of government, the leader who is trying to do that is part of that equation. Mm -hmm. But people wanting that Correct. is a much mm -hmm. bigger part mm -hmm. of that That's equation. Right. And the American electorate is made up of two major parties. One of those parties has been flirting with extremism on the ultra-right for a very long time. They've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leader's interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that is. Oops. I think the, the, the again, the big for a very long time, they've brought them in in a way that they haven't been central to Republican electoral politics ever before. And I know because I've been studying this. But once you have radicalized one major party so that those are the preferences of the people who adhere to your party, the leaders interchangeable. And yes, Trumpism is sometimes what we call it. Mm -hmm. MAGA movement is probably a better way to do it. But there is an authoritarian mm -hmm. movement inside yes. Republican politics that isn't being bamboozled by Trump. Mm -hmm. They are pushing Trump That's to right. get more and more right. extreme because the more extreme things he says, the more they, the like more they adhere and to him. That yeah. and, and that is coming from a very large proportion of the American right that adheres to the Republican Party. And that's why this is a Republican Party problem more than it is the problem mm -hmm. of one man and his and we, and we See, once again, it's party, party, party. The, these guys are a bunch of crazies. No, we're a bunch of patriots, man. This And they keep calling it a democracy. You know, this is the Constitutional Republic. They keep calling it democracy. That's what they want. They want an electoral system. They want... Um, or excuse me, they want they want a system basically that allows each state to vote, um, which is going to ultimately wipe out all of our votes because we know how the number of the cities are. So it's going to be about population. This is where they want to go. But she literally sits up here and blames the Republicans. Republicans aren't a bunch of crazy extremists. You know, if we're becoming extremists, it's because you guys are making us extremists. We have we went to go silently and end up. Uh, constitutionally protest during January 6th, some years back, and they end up making a big deal of that, saying that this was the biggest thing that ever happened in America, crazy insurrection and so forth, which had nothing to do with this. 
Um, these people are the biggest liars. They all need to go. And if you look at this panel, this panel right here is made up of of all the worst, man. You got um the the black woman that I played earlier, Gail, whatever her name is. You got um Mad Owl, like literally they put all the worst of the worst right here together into one place. Um, just for this event, which was the caucus, which Trump ended up beating. So here's the thing is this where they're gonna start getting super, super, super desperate. Expect it. Trump just won huge. Trump's going to win huge in every single state. They can't afford for Trump to become president of the United States. So the further we get into this and the more, the higher that Trump is above all the rest of the candidates, the crazier, more chaotic things are going to get right here. Don't think for a second they won't try to assassinate Trump. Don't think for a second we won't be looking at crazy new alien fake invasion. And then the next, uh, the next big uh, disease fake disease scare, which I think they're already calling a uh, disease X or virus X. And uh, let me open this up because uh, actually Tammy sent this to me earlier. And uh, it kind of backed up what we've been talking about here about this disease X. So it says here, um, nothing to see here. The U.S. Congress has introduced the disease X act in June of 2023. So they were already ahead of it. You better believe this is pre-planned. And they are working on uh, bringing this sick plan to fruition. So this is going to be the same game, same playbook that they played when they released fake COVID onto the world. And now they're going to release this new disease, which will probably be what the Nephila, Nepovirus or something like that, which sounds awfully close to Nephilim. Um, and then they're saying that it's supposed to be a 20% higher death rate than what we just saw. So in reality, what it is, is uh, we've been talking about the dangers of the vaccine here for a long time. And uh, they said that within three to five years, you would start to see a lot of these side effects that are coming from this. And we've already seen a lot of deaths. We've seen a lot of illnesses, heart issues, uh, Bell palsy, um, you name it, AIDS. Like we've seen all kinds of issues come from this vaccination and they're trying to make excuses. So now they call it long COVID or, um, or this next pandemic that we're going to have is this is going to be the main thing that you see is heart attack. So they're basically setting it up for the vaccination side effects to start kicking in. And they're going to blame it on this new lie, which is disease X, which apparently UN WEF had their, or their Davos meeting or whatever is going on right now. And uh, that's exactly what they're talking about. And then, like I said, what I just read you that Tammy sent me earlier was from June of 2023, and they already knew about disease X. They were already talking about it. They've already got the, quote, new vaccination for it. Um, it's going to get worse and worse and worse as we go forward. So, guys, get prepared. Stay calm. Like I said, we know how this ends. God wins. Just don't fall for the tier, the, the fear tactics they're going to be pushing through. Stay on your health medications, um, your zinc, your mullein, like all those neat things that we can get at the store now. Stock up on that kind of stuff as well. Uh, silver colloidals, um, anything that you can get now um, that you have to stay on a good, healthy regiment to keep you from getting whatever, you know what I'm saying? The, the next poison, like I said, they're dropping chemtrails on this like crazy too anymore. So it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But we know how this is and we need to be prepared for it. So like I said, fear not. God says that over and over again. So let's not fall into it. So Trump, it looks like Trump took all 99 counties in Iowa. So that's pretty awesome. That's that's pretty that's pretty big news. Um who was it? General McInerney. 
Um, voter fraud tonight in Iowa shows that 50 votes were removed from Donald Trump. Screenshot on the left side of the screen was taken 18 minutes after the second. So they're, they're already got um, proof that there was cheating going on just in this caucus. So you know it's coming. Um, so it says, uh, breaking news, Vivek Ramswamy is going to drop out of the presidential race. And we knew that was coming at some point as well. So things are still going on right here in our own little world. All right. So I think that's going to be enough news for the night. And it's going to be here. Like I said, the big news is going to be the weather over the next couple of days. So as I've been praying in my prayers recently, just Lord, please keep everybody safe if they are on the road. Um, guys, I hope you are stocked up with uh, at least groceries to get you to the next week so you don't have to drive everywhere. My mom and I went out and got everything that we needed um, to get prepared for this. So we had to drive as little as possible because like I said, it's snowing right now. Roads are going to freeze tonight. And uh, we're not going to be getting above 20 for the next week. And then we're going to be down in the, the negatives um, at nighttime. So, so Matt and Hev, drive safely if you're on the road. Fortunately, uh, yeah, it's probably actually freezing right now. I'd imagine that, that snow is probably frozen to the road because we've got a lot of snow uh, within the last like two hours here. So yeah, drive safely, please, please, please. Um, so now we're going to get on to the topic and we'll round the show out with this one. It probably won't be the full... Um, the full, full uh, hour and a half tonight because I got to get out and get some stuff done tonight and get get ready. I'm going to get up early in the morning, like I said, and get a crock pot for the chicken. So those of you that have chickens and you got a problem with your water freezing, once again, smart idea. Get yourself an inexpensive crock pot. Put that thing outside and just turn it on enough to where the water doesn't freeze. Such an awesome idea. All right, so the destruction of the wicked. So, uh, I've been talking about this um, or been reading, doing research, going through scripture, reading different articles about this because this is what God had promised is the destruction of the wicked. And we watch this every day. We see um, the wicked seeming to get away with absolutely everything. And we know that a lot of this is part of exposure because you can't expose unless people see. So they need to see the truth in order to see the reality. So fortunately, we are coming to see this thing and God is going to hold these wicked accountable it's not on our time, although I think many of us have already reached our precipice and we're ready. So the Bible leaves no room for doubt that God will, in fact, destroy wicked. Thus, in the Old Testament, through the wicked spring up like grass and the evildoers flourish, they will forever, um, they will be forever destroyed. That's Psalm 92. So Jesus' testimony is, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And that is Matthew 10, 28. There is no doubt at all that destruction is traditionally meant for us. Um, destruction means hell. It involves uh, the eternal and consciousness, mental and physical suffering of an unbeliever. But nowadays, not only do the Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, teach the contrary opinion, but even those once considered sound in the faith have abandoned the traditional view. So the destruction that they allege involves the wiping out, the annihilation of the wicked. They cease to exist. And if you pause to consider the matter, to destroy, something um, does tend to make us think that it will be wiped out rather than kept permanently in existence. So in, um, indeed, an English dictionary gives the meanings to put an end to, to do away with, to extinguish, to kill, or to annihilate. So on the other hand, the same dictionary also gives the meanings to ruin, spoil, or render useless, to crush, subdue, or defeat. Um, these latter meanings are quite consistent with the traditional picture of what hell is um, or what we believe hell is. 
So which meaning of the word destruction is the right one when we're talking about scripture and the wicked being destroyed? So is it is not a case of choosing what fits our own um, outlook best, but what we um, are that we be to make ourselves God. So we must ask that the word means in the scriptures, nor in its case of looking at what it means in English, but um, asking what is conveyed by the Hebrew and the Greek in which the Bible was originally written. This is not an easy task, nor is it one that a universal in the Bible language can fully perform themselves. But a large part of the task is that the biblical words for destruction um, and aided by an appropriate concordance, see how they can actually be used in different biblical settings. So this can help us to see what they mean when used in connection with the final state of the wicked. Um, here we will example and perform part of the task of the New Testament. So I'm going to go to the different aspects of what exactly they mean by the destruction of the wicked. So the main Greek word translated destroy occurs 29 times in the New Testament. The related noun 18 times. But by no means are all of these references actually have to do with the destruction of the wicked. So the word is used in a variety of circumstances. This helps to build up a picture of the different ways this word is used. So an exercise will prepare um, the way for the answering the question, does the destruction of the wicked mean annihilation or does it mean something else? Like I said, the word destruction itself has a variety of meanings. Um, what you read in our um, American dictionary is going to be a little different than, like I said, the original translations um, from Hebrew, Greek, and so forth. So wiped out certainly seems a suitable meaning to be attached to the word when used in Revelation 18.14, all your riches and your splendor have vanished, been destroyed, um, never to be recovered, but, um, but that is not the only meaning that the word has. So what is used to refer to things that naturally become spoiled, like bread becomes moldy um, and stale, unfit for human consumption. God um, loses its shine or becomes tarnished through the oxidation, there's going to be gold, not God. Gold loses its shine and becomes tarnished with the oxidation um, and impurities within it. So um, beauty fades with the passing years. So the Testament says bread spoils or perishes. And that's John 6, 27. Beauty and gold perish. James 1, 11 and 1 Peter 1, 7. Fragments of bread might be lost or wasted. That's John 6, 12. Just as the broken um, alabaster jar and the ointment lavished on Jesus was branded a waste by some. So in each of these examples, the Greek word is destroy. It's used later to refer to um, not, not to wiping something out, but to natural processes of decay and the waste of material resources. So similarly, um, when new wine is put onto wineskins so the skins burst, the wine runs out and the wineskins are ruined. They perish. Again, the Greek word is destroyed. Clearly, the wineskins are not annihilated. To destroy simply means to ruin or to render useless. Um, something uh, that is found, God destroying the wisdom of the wise. That's 1 Corinthians 1.19. That doesn't mean um, he will annihilate it. Rather, he frustrates the intelligence of the intelligent and he makes foolish the wisdom of the world. So the biblical word for destroy, um, like its English equivalent, 
was various shades of meanings. It may mean to wipe out or to annihilate, but it refers more frequently to the processes of spoiling, ruining, frustrating. Um, with that in our minds, we can consider other passages which bear more directly on the question at issue. How does the New Testament use the word with reference to people's destiny? And that's one thing is that, um, that I've really learned from talking to Jeff over the years is that to take some of these words that we read in English, go back and then re-retranslate them. Like I said, Hebrew to Greek and so forth and see what those meanings are because just like blood, certain things have different meanings depending on how you read them in Scripture. So, um, so this applies to death. The word is applied to people being killed or dying. Don't you care that we are, um, that, that we are uh, perishing? Said the disciples to Jesus in the storm. This is Mark 4, 38. Um, they were in danger of being destroyed. That is of dying. Herod sought to destroy. That is to kill. Um, and this is uh, Matthew 2, 13. So this, in this particular context, it does mean to destroy, does mean to kill. But that doesn't... Um, contribute anything to support of that view that when applied to the destruction of the wicked, it means annihilation rather the reverse. After all the scriptures, death doesn't mean annihilation. Um, it is a dissolving of that person in his, uh, constituent parts. The body lies in the grave. The spirit returns to God. So if the destruction involved the first natural death doesn't mean annihilation, the burden of proof is to those that say that it means annihilation when it refers to the second death. So already destroyed. So according to the New Testament, believers are already destroyed. The word frequently appearing as lost in the New Testament is really his word that we are studying. So Jesus and his disciples um, to the lost sheep of Israel in Matthew 10, 6. Um, to these lost sheep, he himself ministered. That's Matthew 15, 24. He came indeed to seek to save what was lost, Luke 19.10. So he told stories about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And you can find this in Luke 15, 4, 9, and 24. Paul speaks of those who are perishing in 1 Corinthians 1, 18, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 2, and Thessalonians 2.10. In all of these cases, the word is destroyed. In other words, Jesus speaks of unbelievers being in a destroyed condition. Paul implies that they are being destroyed. So we can therefore with the utmost confidence say that destroy when applied to the human condition does not mean to remove or to annihilate. Jesus didn't come to save sheep that had been annihilated. It refers to ruined, spoiled, frustrated condition of the man and his sinfulness. So in aspects um, we were all destroyed before Jesus came and, and died on that cross. The world is destroyed. When you go to hell, um, you end up being destroyed. Like I said, as you are now in peril, you are now in ruin, and you are now spoiled. Because once again, you may be able to destroy the body, but you cannot destroy the soul. That soul belongs to our Heavenly Father. So the originally impressed divine image has been marred by the counter-impressive sin. Man's relationship with God fully enjoyed in the garden has been completely disrupted. His happy connection with the environment has been brought under curse and fulfilling the divine command to the God's ruler of this world. He is confronted with difficulty, frustration, and hostility. His relationships 
with others have been spoiled by corrupting influence of the sinful tendency. His heart is a battleground of conflicting malevolent influences, a playground for a um, multiplicity of sinful passions. Everyone um, you look there is distortion and warping, marring and spoiling. Man stands ruined by the ongoing influence of sin. To this, Jesus refers when he calls the people lost or destroyed. Man is set on a downward path involving increasing um, ruination, frustration, and alienation. To this, Paul refers to he speaks of believers as perishing, being destroyed. It is not surprising that when we read that God will destroy the wicked, we understand it to refer not to their destruction or complete annihilation, but the intensification of that alienation and frustration to which they already are subject to. So we've talked about this before, you know, what's the worst part of going to hell? You talk to some people and they'll say, you know, well, you're stuck down there with demons and you're being prodded all day and beaten and tortured and you're in the hottest place ever. And we all agree that's not the worst part of heaven. Remember, or excuse me, hell, hell wasn't created by Satan. Hell was created by God. The worst part about hell that people ever have to deal with is they end up in hell is the absence of God. And that's the problem right there is right now, no matter how bad we are, no matter how big we screw up, no matter how much of a sinner we are, we still have an opportunity to get on our knees, to praise our heavenly father, to thank him for what he's getting, to repent for our sins. We have the ability to change right here on this earth. But once you end up in hell, you no longer have the ability. You no longer have a relationship with God. You've got no one to call out to. So just think about that. Think about your worst day here. You can at least still get on your knees and cry out to dad. And, and our father in heaven, Christ is going to answer your call. He's going to make you feel better. He's going to do what he can to bring you out of the tribulation and trials that you are in at the moment, or at least give you the strength and the courage to get through them. But like I said, once you get out, once you leave this world, and if you're not in heaven and raptured, you end up in hell. There is no one to pray for any longer. Nobody is listening to anymore. That's the worst punishment possible is no longer having a dad to reach out to. So saved, and that's why um, Jeff constantly says it, and I agree with him, is there's no better time to get saved than today, to get saved than yesterday, because we don't know if we're going to have it tomorrow. God gave us today. He did not give us a tomorrow. So utilize this opportunity to redeem, to repent, to do everything you need to do, and to help others find that relationship as well. So saved and destroyed. So if we have difficulty in describing something, we may usefully um, contrast it with the opposite. So what is the opposite of being destroyed? Um, the two options before man are that his life be saved or lost. And that's Matthew 16, 25, and then Luke 19, 10. Again, lost means literally destroyed. To be saved is the opposite of destroyed. So James speaks of one who is able to save and destroy, um, and that's 412. Uh, these are the alternatives, opposites, and extremes. So these are concerned by reference to um, the terms describing the experience of salvation. It is um, through believing in Christ that a person will not perish, and that's John 3.16. To repent brings about the opposite of perishing, um, 2 Peter 3.9, um, where the word perish is in Greek, destroy. Therefore, um, we can say that the faith and the repentance that being a salvation free us from that destruction. So the man who can save and destroy, our Father in heaven, that would be Jesus Christ, 
has the ability to give us salvation, which is ultimately freeing us from that destruction or that loss of the wicked, which is leaving us without the Father. So this again shows that to destroy does not mean to annihilate, um, notwithstanding the creative aspect of God's saving work. To save does not mean to bring into existence, to create, which is what um, it would have to mean if it was the opposite of annihilate. So the work of salvation refers to the restoration and renewal. The defaced image of God is recreated in the saved person. The disrupted relationship with God is restored. The barriers to the fellowship decisively removed, and a new power is at work within, laying the basis both for the transformed moral living and the restoration of broken relationships. So this brings life um, that it is more vivid, a real degree of satisfaction and fulfillment. So um, is this what to save means? And if to destroy is the opposite of that, then we can say once again with either greater assurance that to destroy doesn't mean to annihilate, but to once again ruin, spoil, mar, or frustrate. So what are the parallels? Um, there is an exact correspondence between the opposite concepts, concepts of salvation and destruction. So the Bible speaks of the saved. Ephesians 2, 5 through 8, or and 8, just as we speak of the destroyed, the lost in both cases, um, the perfect uh, particle is used. So it refers to them as being um, in the process of being saved. So Acts 2, 47, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, and then 2, um, just as it speaks of the opposite category as being destroyed, perishing, in both cases, the present continuous tense is used. So, and it looks forward to the culminating in salvation, Romans 13, 11, just as the contrary process culminates in destruction. So in both cases, the noun connected with the verb is question is used. So the course of salvation is this. God comes to us, awakes faith and repentance. The old relationship is restored. The basis for a renewed life is laid. And so we are now saved because of the acts of Christ. But this process of restoration is an ongoing one. Increasingly, the blessing of the salvation um, became effective to us. So it can be said that we are being saved. Um, every single day we are in the process of being saved. So the one day the culmination will come, the saving influence that we all know will reach their extent and uninterrupted enjoyment of them will be given. Then we will know truly what salvation is, the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is 1 Peter 1.5. So, and the course of destruction is the opposite of this. So already there are those um, who are destroyed. The image of God in them is marred. They are spoiled by sin. Unhappiness is always with them. But these, but those destructive forces are continuing their work. Apart from the grace, their powers are increasingly felt. So people are perishing and being destroyed in that sense. One day these destruction influences will be given free reign. Alienation from God will be made absolute. There will be a given over to the unrestrained misery, complete isolation, and will be experienced that they will be confirmed forever in their ruined and spoiled condition subject to um, unremitting um, frustration. That and not annihilation is what scripture means by destruction 
and then it's just a traditional picture of hell, which is the path that which path are you guys on? Um, and this is the thing is that exactly the days of Noah hope, and I actually did a, a days of Noah show uh, last week because we we're watching things uh, kind of come into fruition that are very similar to them. We know that the difference between uh, the days of Noah is they flooded out. And God said he would never flood the earth again, but God did say that he was going to end up uh, turning the world into fire, putting the world on the fire, destroying the world with fire. So let me go back to what I had had on that because I found some things on uh, on the destruction, you know, because you're dealing with things like uh, the days of Noah, Sodom, and Gomorrah. And I've got 20 verses right here that I'm going to read to you that are actually about God destroying. So um, destroy the wisdom of the wise. So in Job 12, 14, behold, he tears down and it cannot be rebuilt. He imprisons a man and there can be no release. Deuteronomy 9, 3. Um, know therefore today that there is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you are consuming fire. He will destroy them and he will subdue them before you so that you may, um, you may drive them out and destroy them quickly, just as the Lord has spoken to you. So I had always take, uh, I'd always taken, you know, the word destroyed or destruction as to be an annihilation, but it does make more sense that it, it means that you're rotting, you're spoiled. Like I said, is, is God replenishes our soul. He gives us that chance at salvation. He, he gives us that chance at eternal life. Um, but the destruction of one's soul is really the, the rotting, the perishing, or being marred from that relationship with God. So in uh, 2 Kings 6.33, while he was still talking with them, behold, the messenger came down to him, and he said, Behold, this evil is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Jeremiah 4.6, Life, or excuse me, lift up the lift up the standard toward Zion. Seek refuge. Do not stand still, for I am bringing evil from the north and great destruction. Jeremiah 45, 4. Thus you are to say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, that I have built and am about to tear down, and what I have planted I am about to uproot, that is, the whole land. Um, Job 10, 8. Your hands fashioned and made me altogether, and would you destroy me? Um, Isaiah 13, 6. Wail, for the day when the Lord is near, it will come as destruction for the Almighty. Um, Ezekiel 5.14 Moreover, I will, make a, uh, I will make you a desolation and a reproach among the nations which surround you in the sight of all who will pass by. Joel 1.15 Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and it will come as destruction from the Almighty. Um, 1 Corinthians 1.19, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. 1 Corinthians 6.13, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for the food, but God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not immor- is the, yet for the body is not for immora- immortality, but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. So James 4.12, there is only one lawgiver and judge. The one who is able to serve. Oops. Yeah, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you? Who judge your neighbor? That's James 4.12. And I'm going to end with uh, 1 Corinthians 3.17. 
if any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. So um, we're going to be seeing a lot. Like I said, we're, we're watching the days of Noah literally happen right in front of us. And, and you know, we were talking the other night about what, what all went down in Miami. And I've actually seen more and more videos coming out of the people that were supposedly in there. But once again, we also live in a world where there's a lot of deception, a lot of people that are lying and say what they want to on social media just to get hits and likes and to make a little extra money. So it's really hard to tell what's true and what's not anymore. But what I have been seeing is a lot of people that are talking about nine to 10 foot tall creatures running around the mall down in Miami. So once again, the days of Noah, we were told that when Christ comes back, it would be like the days of Noah. And we're literally watching that even down to like possible Nephilim running around. Um, I'm seeing more and more uh, as well on, uh, quote, UFOs and aliens are supposed to be sitting in front of Congress talking about this as well. So there's a reason that they're pushing this stuff up so much. I can promise you we're going to see fake alien invasion or at least that distraction coming up because they're going to need every time they do. Yeah, exactly. Basketball players are all Nephilim. I agree, man. There we go. Um, you know, so the closer that we get to this time, the closer we get to this election, the more chaos we're going to see. And like I said, they're going to, they have to outdo themselves. So whenever they use like, you know, there's a point where they can no longer use uh, school shootings because everyone gets completely desensitized by this stuff. We shouldn't, but we do. Um, that they're losing, they're losing their narrative because every person that does a school shooting turns out to be a transvestite or part of the LGBTQ movement or a communist or something like that. So they have to constantly up their game, which means that this year, if they need big distraction, I'm not talking like a weak distraction. I mean, long distractions. Like I said, this is where we're going to be looking at threats of war, uh, rumors of war, as well as uh, fake alien invasions. So guys, it is, it is coming. It's going to be a very, uh, nonetheless, a very interesting year. So um, I hope you guys are all planned. I hope you're all ready. I hope you all have uh, your uh, freedom seeds, your freedom spreaders, lots of water, um, seeds and stuff for your gardens and stuff like that. I'm going to be getting mine up as soon as spring starts. Uh, talking to my neighbor, my, my neighbor made me promise no more praying this year for snow. So I had the promise that I wasn't going to pray for snow again this year. I guess they're already tired of it. I love this snow here. Says so don't, uh, great Papa Steve says, don't answer to any cops unless you have called them. I wouldn't even call the cops. I'd call my sheriff and then that's about it. But, uh, I'll tell you, I'm going to call before my sheriff. I'm going to call my neighbors. Because our neighbors will be here in a second taking care of one another. I can guarantee that. I love Kentucky. If I said that before, I love Kentucky. This state is awesome. And the people here are absolutely amazing. I think I've met like two grumpy people here in Flemingsburg. So we got to get those of you uh, that are going to be moving this direction. Get on over here. Jay Wu. That's right. Ed. Get on over here, guys. We got some we got some snow to, to go digging up. It's not so bad, though. And then our springtime will be here quick enough. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead. Like I said, it was going to be a shorter night tonight. Um, I got through all my content. Don't want to go any more news because news just gets old. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll pray, and then we'll just kind of chat our way out of here. So uh, if everyone, please uh, bow your heads. First off, actually, before I get into prayer, I got to give someone a big happy birthday, and that would be High Vistas. So uh, I don't know if Hibiscus and uh, Devo are in here this evening. If not, they'll be listening later on. Very, very, very happy birthday to you, Hibiscus, and to anyone else in here that I may have missed it to having a happy birthday. Happy birthday to all of you guys. I can never keep up with it. There's so many of us here. But uh, I will make sure to uh, 
tell High Vistas that you all said uh, happy birthday because I don't believe they're in here. I believe that they um, she's out on a little birthday vacation that Devo sent her out on, which is going to be pretty awesome. So I'll, I'll fill you in on that, but I'm sure they'll be back in here tomorrow. But in the meantime, uh, everybody would please bow your heads. We'll get into a little prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. And dear Lord, I ask during this time that you keep everybody as healthy as possible. Let them get on their regiments of, of all the miracles that you have given us here to keep ourselves healthy, dear Lord. So we're not taking the, the wicked, evil pharmaceuticals they're going to be putting out. Dear Lord, I ask that you give us all calmness during these times. Continue just to bless, lay your hand on top of all of us. Keep us calm. Let us not fear. Let us not have any anxiety as the world pushes forward and tries to keep us in disarray and chaos and frustrated, dear Lord. Let's just go the opposite, dear Lord. Just fill us with that love, grace, the courage, and the discernment, and the wisdom that we're going to need to get through these times. But dear Lord, thank you for bringing this family together, which gets bigger and bigger. Thank you for making every one of us the way that you made us, dear Lord. You loved us even at our worst. You love us at our best, dear Lord. And we have a lot of making up to do for the person that we used to be in our lives, dear Lord. But we accepted you into our heart. And now we're trying to help other people find that same love and relationship that we have as we work on ourselves to strengthen our relationship with you every single day, dear Lord. The devil's working in his lives so hard to intervene, to create division amongst people. Dear Lord, stop the devil from doing that. At least give us the the insight to think it through, dear Lord, so that we don't fall for these tricks that the devil's trying to push. We need each other more and more. We need to come together. We need to unify. We need to stick together, dear Lord. That's how an effective army you're going to have. So I ask you, Lord, that you keep evil and the temptation out of our lives. Give us the ability to take on the demons that the devil does put into our lives. Let us not be afraid ever to back down, that back down, dear Lord. Let us never turn our backs on you. Let us stand firm. Let us hold this line, dear Lord, by your side. And let's fight this battle. Continue to let us know how we can serve you the greatest that we can, dear Lord. I know many of us serve you every single day, but we feel like there's more that you want us to do. So, dear Lord, open up our ears. Allow us to learn how to listen a little bit better. Let us continue to pray as many times during the day as we can to ask you for forgiveness for our sins so we can strengthen up our armor and get everything ready as we walk into this battle, dear Lord. Dear Lord, I ask that you let the truth be shown. And I know things are going to get ugly in this world, but we need to have the, the light shined on all the evil and all the tyranny, dear Lord. So, so show that truth, dear Lord. Shine a light on all of the lies and deception in this world and let more and more people wake up. Let more and more people come to God. Let us not fear persecution, dear Lord, but be ready to die on that battlefield if that's what it means because there's no greater honor than to leave this earth while we are serving you. Dear Lord, let us always become more and more selfless. Let's let go of our selfishness. Let's let go of our ego and embrace humility, dear Lord, so that we can worry about others and not just ourselves, so that we can help others and not just ourselves. Let us never forget, dear Lord, that this world is filled with your children. No matter what color, no matter what culture, we are all over the place. So let us come together, dear Lord, in your heavenly name. Let us build the greatest army this world has ever seen in your heavenly name, dear Lord. And if all possible, let's end this in a passive way. But dear Lord, if the day comes and we need to pull the sword from the sheath and pull the rot from our pocket, let us never cease. Let us never waver. Let us get to that battlefield, dear Lord, and let us do what, what uh, King David did on that battlefield and slay that giant. You would never give us a mission or a task, dear Lord, that we could not handle. And I love you for that. I love you for trusting in us, dear Lord. And I just ask that you give us the same patience with others that you've had with us. Let us 
not turn our backs on those that aren't ready to listen yet, dear Lord, but let's continue to plant those seeds. So when those seeds grow, let's be there with our arms open to give a loving embrace to that person that was so hesitant to come this direction. I've seen so many examples just in the last couple of years, dear Lord, of people doing exactly that. And I've got full faith. So just continue to give us calmness and patience, dear Lord. Never let us turn our back. Let us always forgive our enemies, dear Lord, because one day they can end up being some of the greatest warriors you ever had. But dear Lord, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for answering all the prayers that you've answered. And please continue to keep everybody healthy during this time and safe on the roads. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, guys, uh, like I said, it's going to be a little bit short of an episode. I'm going to get outside and uh, get my salt out so I can get up early tomorrow morning and get some errands done. Um, but I hope you guys are staying warm. I hope you're staying safe. I do know, like I said, that this uh, what we're getting right now, I think uh, the snow has just officially passed here. And uh, I don't know. Who's Aaron? Did I say Aaron? Hmm. No, I don't know. But anyways, uh, it's going to be messy here. Like I said, all the way down to Florida, Florida, you guys are going to be getting a little bit of snow. A lot of cold, even down there in Texas. I don't think anyone in this country is going to get away with this one, except for maybe like Miami or something like that. But um, anyways, Matt, I hope you got home safely, brother. I know that these streets here are kind of crazy, and I, I haven't even figured out when they uh, clean the streets or, or scrape the streets here. Somebody told me when I first got here that, uh, that they dump cranberry juice out on the roads in order to keep the acids from making the snow melt. I don't know if that's true or not, but that'd be really, really cool. And Tammy, you stay warm too, sister. I love you. And I'm keeping my eyes down there, you guys. I know that Texas isn't used to that. Matter of fact, I was just reading something today saying that the Texas grid may not be able to handle this. So for some reason, Texas grids can handle 120 degree weather during the summer with everybody's air conditioning running. But it doesn't work so well when the snow comes in and it gets a little cold. That doesn't make much sense to me. Makes zero sense. But guys, I love you all very, very much. I hope you have an absolutely beautiful rest of your evening. Thank you so much for listening to Kilt the Christian episode 522, Destruction of the Wicked. I know Conley will be popping on here with me at some point, but uh, like I said, he had a whole bunch of ice and stuff, and his internet's been going in and out as well, and I know that it gets a whole lot worse at night when the temperature drops. So he'll be on with us at some point this week as well, as uh, Douglas will be chasing some squirrels at the end of this week. But in the meantime, I hope all of you guys stay healthy. I hope you all stay safe. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get back into a more... Uh, more scripture. I've got a couple of topics. I'm not sure which one I'm going to be going with yet, but I've been kind of digging into multiple scriptural rabbit holes. So we'll definitely get into that. And then we'll get back into uh, some of the stuff that Douglas has been talking about on his show once we get there on Friday. But guys, I love y'all very, very much. I am so thankful for all that you do. I'm so thankful for all the prayers that you put out there. And like I say, continue to bring those prayers in. I know at least on the vineyard and some of those other um, things out there, everyone is always praying and answering those prayers. I can't tell you one of us that won't stop what we're doing to pray and i've seen it over and over again continue to pray for our brother jeff he's still going up and down but he's doing a lot better than he was like five months ago so that's always good news and i would love to get him back on here full time i know um all of you miss him as well i am very very thankful and uh truth patriot don't see you tonight i hope you're okay brother i hope that uh you got home safely and we love you but i love all of you very very much i hope you have an absolutely beautiful evening in the meantime i leave you with this Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we held 
Have an absolutely beautiful night, guys. I love you all very much. And just remember, we know how this ends. And that is God wins. So fear not, stress not. Let all of your anxiety go. Hold that line. Pray, pray, pray. Keep in prayer. Spread that gospel from nation to nation. We're going to get to this just fine. Don't forget to repent to keep your armor nice and shiny and clean because we're going to be needing that as we walk into this. Exactly, Matt and have victory. Victory, victory. Guys, I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful night. We will see you tomorrow evening for Kilted Christian episode 523. In the meantime, I love you all and God bless.